Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend hint, hint. I mean, friend. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode number 132 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. We're live from the shores of South Lake Union. And, oh, yes, we are social distancing even in our own radio studios. And what the hell was that? I just ate because it was incredible. What we, was that? We installed a full kitchen in the Les Schwab Studios. Yes. Uh, my brother is visiting from New Mexico because we had this trip of a lifetime planned for next month. That doesn't look like it's going to happen because the rest of the world is like, hey, America, yeah, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> you can't come here anymore. Uh, and so he yeah. uh, smuggled in a six-pack of New Mexico chili. And if, crap, uh, if, if you don't know what that is, it's a thing. So for whatever reason, the microclimate of this one valley yeah. in Hatch, New Mexico, makes the world's greatest chili peppers, or just about the world's greatest. Yeah. And so he brought green and red, and then he just uh, he said, you told us we were going to be ready at 5.30, so at, at 1 p.m. sharp, he put on oh. the carne alabada, uh, yeah. New Mexico style. Yeah. I appreciate that. I was under a house digging a trench, and I ran into a water line. So the trench turned into a mud bog, and then my dog jumped in with me under the house. And so I was a little busy this afternoon. Sorry I'm late. Oh, no, it's not a problem. And then I got here, and your brother wanted to know where Charlie was. I'm like, you wouldn't want to see Charlie right now because he's just a mud dog. So Did anyway. that take you back to New Mexico, though? Holy cow, it's yeah. good food. Talk a little bit about this trip, though, because this trip, brother to brother, this trip's important to you. You're turning 50. He's turning 60. and so Both you, of us turned. Yeah, so you guys put together this trip of a lifetime and i bet a lot of people can relate to what you yeah and it, you know for other people it might be a wedding or it could have been a family reunion or whatever it was that you had planned i i have a, a very good friend whose best friend's father just passed away and she doesn't feel great, like she can go and visit him mm. uh you know he's in hospice i don't either like right on the right on the bubble and yeah. so it's like I, I can't get in a plane and go there and what am i going to do and so like there's these big life events that are happening and so yeah we had planned a, a big trip uh we were going to go to italy his wife had never been to italy he's never been to italy in the same way uh you had never been to england or france in the, that first time out I, that's one of the things i found i really enjoy is as a little bit more seasoned traveler like i don't I, I kind of have my bearings and I know how to do the transport and book everything and pay for everything. And so uh, it's fun for me to take people for their first time and sort of watch them experience a different culture. So we had planned to go to Italy. And the only thing that my brother wanted to do was to make sure we could, had pizza. All And I was like, I think there's going to be pizza all over Italy. He's a, he's a pizza fanatic, a mm. uh, great pizza chef, like really studies it, uh, has all the books, like experiments with everything. Thing. It makes really great pizza. Mm. And so we were unable to do that. He wanted to train in uh, Naples. And we've been looking up pizza classes in Naples, which you can imagine in a non-COVID world would be an incredible experience. Like you're in Italy, you're doing that. And mm. so, and then his wife wanted to go to the coast and she wanted to go to Rome. So we had that we we're going to go to Milan where they hosted an exchange student back in the day. So we were going to have a personal guide that was going to take us around that speaks fluent Italian. And uh, so that trip, my, my plane 
tickets just got canceled uh, and I got an email said, Hey, yeah, sorry. Here's your, your tickets back or your, your refund. Mm. And so he just said, Hey, I, I found a, a pretty cheap plane ticket. Come on up. I went out. I was talking to my buddy, Michael. And he's like, just go get a grill. And you guys make your own pizzas at the tiny house. Yeah. So I went out to home Depot. I bought a grill, put some pizza stones in there and we installed it at the tiny house last night and we made uh pizzas by the campfire they look great yeah they were great and it was a lot of fun i mean it's not italy but uh what are you gonna do yeah are you mad are you bitter are you um, pissed you know what i'm mad on, about on, honestly i'm oh. mad about the fact that the united states we still have people that are doing this america what about my rights? I don't have to obey anything. When the rest of the world has shunned us, like we should pay attention to that. We, we've been a world leader uh, since you know uh, the last 150 years or so. A, a world leader embraced by most countries in the world. Go out and, and put in your Google machine the countries we can actually visit. Mm. Canada has even said, "Hey, about this, uh, you know, Major League Baseball opening. We don't want you guys coming over here to play baseball games." Even the teams. So, like, if Mariners were going to play Toronto, they're like, yeah, Toronto, we don't want the Mariners over here playing. Um, so, like, Americans can, I think, go to Mexico and Canada and, like, eight other countries in the world. I, I think the Bahamas or, like, a couple of Jamaica or something like that. But, like, that's it. Hmm. So the rest of the world has looked at how we have responded to this pandemic and said, you guys are sloppy, you don't care. You have the warped sense of like personal rights that you think supersede society, and so stay away, get out. And that make that makes me upset. It makes me mad because I always try to err on the side of being a good citizen when I travel and to represent my country well and to have a stance of humility and don't go over there like an ugly American. Like I always try to learn a, a, a couple greetings in whatever language it is and to be very polite and to tip well and to do all those things that, that says, Hey, I'm, I'm not that kind of American. I'm the other kind of American. Uh, and so the fact that we just can't even enter that, that's mind boggling. That has not happened in, in probably, I don't know, since we've been a country. I can't remember. Maybe during a world war, you couldn't travel to Europe because there was a world war going on. But like in, in a peacetime situation, I, I can't recall another time where the rest of the world in unison said, no, bad dog. No. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Yeah. One of the problems is we'd like to hear from the CDC and Dr. Fauci, but they've been silenced. We'd like to hear from the World Health Organization, uh, and they've been silenced. And we'd also, and we'd like to hear from Health and Human Services, and now they have been silenced. There's even a Republican bill, if you read the Sunday Seattle Times, a Republican-sponsored bill by Mitch McConnell that had money set aside for skip tracing for a, a lot of different things uh, for uh, health services. And the president of the United States is like, yeah, I'm pulling that funding. Let's come back talk about that. We'll talk about that. Also, rethinking schools. And what was Ron doing dancing on a boat on Friday night? How many LaCroix was he in? I'll tell you what, I was there. Could have been five or six LaCroix he put down before he got on the bow. Of Laura Miller's book. Sometimes, man, during a pandemic, you just gotta dance. You gotta dance your hair off. If you don't believe me, Donald Neal, Facebook. Check out uh, our boy Ron Upshaw dancing on the bow of Laura Miller's boat.
one of our great clients. Speaking of clients, don't forget we are licensed brokers at Windermere. Reach out if you're buying, selling, you just want to sit down with us. Sit down. All you got to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. We'll see you in one minute on the other side of this, live from the Les Schwab Studios. Hey, you guys, we just want to thank Les Schwab for being a great sponsor of the Ron and Don Show and summer driving. It is here, and more people are driving right now than are flying, especially across the great state of Washington. It's why you should stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center before you hit the road. Well, and the one thing is, how do you know when you need new tires? The pros at Les Schwab, they say the signs include uneven tire wear. Get out and look at the tires. A decline in handling, poor gas mileage, vibration. Your tires lose air faster than they should, or you have reduced braking responsiveness. If that sounds like you, go in, get some new tires. Right now, you can save $110 on a set of four select tires, a limited time offer while supplies last. The amount you save will depend on the size and type of tire you buy. Yeah, don't forget, you can also get a pre-trip safety check, and they're going to let you know if you need new tires. So... All you have to do is stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. It's a $60 value. They're going to check everything. Your alignment, your front-end components, your shocks, your struts, your battery, your brakes, all that stuff, guys, before you hit the road. Just go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab, doing the right thing. You know it matters. They're hard workers, they're hustlers, and they're fun to hang out with at the same time. (laughs) When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what commercial real estate expert Laura Miller did. I purchased a home in Alki, and it was a really cute uh, mid-century modern home. It was uh, a lot of more management than I expected. And I am a broker, but I do handle commercial. I don't do residential. And Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. Ron and Don seemed completely committed to listening to what my needs were and addressing them. I also got the sense that they're adaptable to what different clients' needs are. So for me, what was important was communication, ability to reach the brokers, to feel like I still had a fair amount of control on the deal. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, "Uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. (laughs) The weekend that we sold the house, um, they were really successful and they came up with some creative ideas and they were always present, completely available to accommodate my schedule. Uh, We did most of our meetings in what I would consider off hours, late night meetings, no problem. Never felt rushed always felt like they were really attentive to details. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. It did really well. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, it's 
HD Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad. All right, you guys, welcome back. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. It's episode 132. And don't forget, if you want to sit down with Ron and I, we have a brand new website we want you to check out. It's ronanddonsitdown.com. Right? Yeah, it is. ronanddonsitdown.com. You can hear all about the stories of other people's real estate journeys. Schedule a sit down with us. I think you're really going to like it. It's it's a really, a really good website, if I do say so myself. Yeah, if you want to check it out, do it. And our photographer, his name is Mike Kane. If you're looking for a great photographer, his information is on our website right at the bottom. He took some really great pictures of us. He could take some really great pictures of you. Just go to Ron and Don sit down. Uh, dot com. Why are you holding the uh, front page of the paper up, Shaw? What's going on over there? I found this to be really interesting. You, you had said, hey, have you seen the, did you see the Chris Wallace interview with the president? And that's been making the rounds. I saw clips. I didn't see the thing in its entirety. And people are kind of going, well, Chris Wallace works for Fox, son of Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes. And they're like, hey, he really sort of gave it to the president, which is interesting because giving it to the president now is just like asking him to talk about things he's already said. That's considered giving it to the president. Uh, here's the thing you said that wasn't true. And then letting him respond like that to me is, but it's the, the fact that he has the access. So if you haven't seen that, go look at it. But interesting on the, in the, in the A section of the newspaper says Trump tries to block money for testing and tracing. It's a Washington Post story. Basically, Senate Republicans had put together a bill and there was $25 billion in grants. We're going to go out to states. And what they want to do is, is bolster up testing and also do skip tracing. And if you haven't been following the skip tracing, if you've been to a restaurant, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. You come in, there's a little QR code, you hold your phone up to it, and you you basically timestamp yourself. You, you touch the button that pops up on your screen. And it says, hey, here's my name. Here's my phone number. I'm at this place i'm in the les schwab studios at thus this time on this date and so it just puts you into the database now if somebody tests positive for covid19 and they were also at that place at that time mm. i would get notified and i would say hey ron you were at the les schwab studio i shouldn't use les schwab studio. you were at this place Someone tested positive in that place. We could just do this. Windermere does it when you walk yeah, in their offices. At Windermere w- offices. At Windermere, uh, they have a little station set up. You pull out your phone. You point the camera. Boom, you get registered. And then that way, if there's another agent in our office where there's an issue or there's a client that came by, right. uh, we so take be all notified. the yeah. And it would say, hey, you need to quarantine for 14 days. Which is super helpful. Super helpful. Yeah. And so to scale that up, though, beyond one office or one restaurant, to do that as a society is expensive. Mm-hmm. So there was a bill for $25 billion to say we're going to do more testing because we, you know, to really know what's happening, you need to test. And we also want to do skip tracing and some other things. So the president is basically trying to block this. And it appears like in his mind that the real culprit here is that if you, if you don't test somebody, then it doesn't count as a, someone being having COVID. So it doesn't matter if they actually have real-world symptoms. If someone is sick and they're dead, but they weren't tested, then that person doesn't count statistically as a COVID patient. So it it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's more important to him to manage the numbers than it is to actually test and see, like, what is the fatality rate? How, How quickly is it spreading? You know, yes, when you get more tests done, you do have more positives. You also have more negatives. Like the percentage is what you're looking at, the relative percentage in the relative trends, not the sheer number. So that's so Republicans are going, what the hell, dude? Like we're, we're on the same team here, supposedly. You're going to block our, this bill that was sponsored by Republicans? 
in 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 pull the funding out so mitch mcconnell and a bunch of people are very livid right now with what's going on and the reason they are is because they're separating themselves from him because they've looked at the poll numbers and they said you know what we needed the president before covid and now we don't so a lot of these republicans are fighting for their own lives and in my opinion what they're doing is they're leaning to the side of truth and they're leaning toward the side of science right and I think Democrats and Republicans, all you have to do is look at the science. This is what I always ask people. I ask them this. I say, tell me one thing that Dr. Fauci, who now the president has viciously attacked, tell me one thing that Dr. Fauci was wrong about. Your brother and I were just standing in the kitchen and we were having some great New Mexican cuisine that he made. He's a great, great cook. So is Ron, by the way. You guys are really great. Must run in the family. Uh, so we're having this conversation and I said, how are, how are things in Stanley, New Mexico, where he's from? Or how are things uh, in Albuquerque, where you and I uh, grew up? And he said, you know, they're really having a difficult time on the Navajo Nation. I said, Rob, do you know who predicted that? He said, no. I said, Dr. Fauci. He said, wait until this virus gets to the south in places like New Orleans and Houston, which is going crazy in Houston right now. It has gone crazy in New Orleans. And then he said, wait till it gets to the tribes. Wait till it gets to the tribes. And specifically, Dr. Fauci had talked about the Navajo Nation. There are 300,000 Native Americans in the Navajo Nation. And the bottom line is this. They don't have the, the care facilities. They don't have the doctors. If you go to New Mexico today, my mother doesn't, and, and, and she, she worked for the United States government. She has great great health care. She does not have a primary care doctor. She cannot find one. There are no doctors there because all the Medicare, Medicaid, and the bottom line is doctors feel like if they work somewhere else in the country, somewhere else in the world, they can make a lot more money than working in a place like Stanley, New Mexico. People should be outraged at the treatment of Dr. Fauci, a career pathologist at the top of his game, a world-class, world-renowned expert and like you said, been as accurate as anybody. He's not been wrong about anything. And to have him be marginalized and attacked for political reasons. Specifically by the president. Should be an outrage because he has advised uh, presidents of all denominations. Yeah. And so to have him be ostracized should be an outrage to everyone. For six different presidents, I think. So uh, where does all this go, do you think? I think what Donald Trump thought is I can spend this for a couple weeks or a couple months this thing is going to die out in the summer just like the flu does. And then as long as kids go back to school in the fall, and this feels kind of normal. And one of the reasons we need kids to go back to school, because that's how you provide child care for the working class. Then the working class can go back to work. Then the economy will get rocking again. If the economy's good, the stock market is rebounded. It's at 27000 on Friday, I believe. It had bottomed out at twenty. It had topped out at thirty. So here we are sitting here at twenty seven. All the indexes look pretty good, actually. So Wall Street looks good. We haven't felt this on Main Street, really. And the reason we haven't felt this on Main Street, I was talking to a kid in my alley the other day. I was taking out the garbage. And he's in the service industry. said, how are things going? said, you know, other than just being bored, they're going great. He's out there smoking a cigarette. He's like, hey, I get a check from the government uh, every couple weeks. He says, I get a couple checks right now. As long as I get those checks coming, I'm good. I'm going to stay home. I'm socially distance. I'm healthy. I'm going to take care of myself. I said, what are you going to do when those checks stop coming? He says, well, then I'm going to have to go out and find work. I said, what's going to happen if you don't find work? That's when we're going to feel it. 
That is when we're going to feel it. Republicans and Democrats right now on both sides are making sure that they pump money into the economy. It's money we don't have. It's money they're printing. This isn't going to last forever. When we get on the other side of this election, we are going to feel this. We're going to feel it. We will all feel this together. And the bottom line is this. The alarm is this. Dr. Fauci says, you haven't even got out of the first wave yet like they have in other parts of the world. We're still in the first wave. And then, boom, wait for the second wave. Remember what I said a number of months ago? And and I stole this from Dr. Fauci. He said, hey, don't forget about the great pandemic of 1918. It wasn't the first wave that killed millions of people. It was the second wave. And we haven't even hit the second wave. The, the only piece of optimism I have is science doesn't care what you believe in. It's still true. Uh, there, there have been some encouraging and optimistic results on the vaccine front. One of, the, one of them right here in Seattle. So we have world-class uh, class health research going on right here. The other one is the Moderna group, and you can go read this stuff where the antibodies are being produced. We talked about a couple episodes ago uh, the antibodies in people that have survived that can be spun out into a therapy. It's not a vaccine, but it's a therapy. So there are leaps and bounds happening on the scientific front uh, in a time frame that is we've never seen uh, in the history of humankind. So that gives me hope because even if it doesn't happen here in the United States, uh, Europe has scientists, Asia has scientists. Uh, they're very smart and they're not under the same political constraints. We are, uh, China, totally different society with very smart people. So they, they could, I'm encouraged by that because the, the companies have been pretty transparent. They're not trying to hoard this and go, Oh, we're going to patent we're going to patent this. You can't see our research. They're being pretty open with sharing everything. So that, that's the one uh, saving grace that I have. Yeah. Uh, we come back. Let's talk about this. We've talked about rethinking the police around the country and even in some cases defunding the police. But what about rethinking education? And if we don't rethink education, should we defund education too, especially education? That doesn't serve us anymore. Models that go all the way back to the 40s and 50s and 60s. Why haven't we educated ourselves about education? We'll talk about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show, episode 132, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, episode 132. Ron and Don, uh, we have just launched ronanddonsitdown.com. Can you take a minute and just tell everybody what Ron and Don Sit Down is? Yeah, like we've gone from radio to real estate. And so we, we struggled for quite a while. Not struggled, but like really wanted to know what our message was going to be. Like how do we communicate to people what Ron and Don are about, what we are doing now, and how we connect with folks? Because we really... We always thought we had a special connection with people that listen to the show. When you compare it, because when we were, you know, you'd look at other shows, other formats, other audiences, and it just seemed like the quality of our connection with people was just different. It was like we found our tribe. Uh, it was a different type of connection. And so when we moved the radio show from the tower to the podcast, we're like, hey, we've signed, we're, we're working in real estate now as well. And then how do we connect with the people that we connected with before and explain to everybody the transition and what we can do for you now. And it's been a joy to be actually able to meet people 
that may have listened to us for 10 years, 15 years, and said, I've spent so many hours with you guys. Here's my story. Here's what I need to do. Uh, We want to retire and move out of state. We want to sell this house. This is our life savings. Can you guys, we want to trust you guys to move us from here to there. And so we've been able to do that a bunch of times in this last year. And we finally sat down with a web developer, Jennifer Hoffman. If you like the website, use her. She's great. Her her contact information is at the bottom of the website. Jennifer and her team met with us. We figured out what our message is, which is not easy. Like I thought it would be very easy. It's not Mm -hmm. to kind of go, hey, we're we're re sort of redoing a career uh, at an age when a lot of people don't. And so we re we created this thing from the ground up, and I think you're really going to like it. But you can see about uh, what a rundown sit down is, who it's for, some people that have already gone through it. I learned a little bit more about us, and I think it looks really great too. Yeah, and I want people to know. Uh, we sat down with a client the other day, uh, and we'll just call her the Big E, and we worked with her for months, and we didn't make a penny or a dime off of working with her, but it, the her outcome was an awesome outcome, and if we wouldn't have sat down together and got fe- face-to-face, we wouldn't have been able to help her, and we were able to help her. Other times, it ends in a transaction. Many times, it doesn't. I had a next-door neighbor the other day say, hey, I want to sit down with you guys. They did that, and they work for an organization that helps people that are out on the streets. And so Ron and I jumped in, and we said, hey, how can we be a part of this? And at the end of this, real estate's been so great with our client list this year, which is mostly the Ron and Don Nation. We want to give a chunk of that back to help people that are living on the streets, and that's what we did. So it, the, the transaction for us, and this is really true, you guys. It's not always about the bottom line. It's not always about making money. Is this the way we feed our families? It is. But sometimes no transaction is the right transaction for you. That's the right answer for you. And maybe the time is now. Maybe the time is 18 months from now. We don't know until we sit down. We come up with a plan. And the way that we do that is we do a Ronadon sit-down. So go to ronadonsitdown.com. And if you know anyone that's thinking about buying, selling, or maybe investing, please invite them and share that with them too. It's Sitdown. Before we get out of here today, there's been a lot of talk about rethinking how we police. I got really pissed uh, over the weekend. And I love cops, you guys. I love cops. We have raised a lot of money for cops over the years, especially fallen cops and their families. I love cops. Some of my best friends are cops. I I had a two and a half hour conversation on the phone the other day with an SPD cop who's just a dear friend. And... I have a lot of cops reaching out to me right now. What I didn't like, what I saw in Portland, are these federal officers. They got goggles on. They got fatigues on. They look like they're in a war zone in Iraq and Afghanistan. When you put on fatigues, you know what that says to me? It says that you're on the hunt. You're either hunting for an animal or you're in a war zone and you're hunting for someone to kill them. Those types of fatigues have no place on our streets. And I'm not saying that because I'm some bleeding liberal. Because trust me, I am way to the right on some stuff. And way to the left on some other. Just like all of us, right? Try to put us in a box, left, right. It has no place in our streets, you guys. No place. And all these vehicles that we use in Iraq and Afghanistan, we bring those home, we sell them to police departments for a dollar. 
it's really upsetting to me when I see that. Really upsetting. It has been interesting, though. We've talked a lot about this sort of changing how we think about police. And now that's transferring over to education and people going, okay, we were forced to pivot on education. And a lot of parents, uh, I, in my mind, did extraordinarily a heavy lifting to have their jobs, their careers, and sort of also be the PE teacher, the English teacher, the math teacher, the music teacher. Because of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic. And so now educators and thinkers about this are going, maybe we can take a moment here and redo this thing. Hmm. We have been trapped in this system that um, disproportionately is easier to navigate for white people. And it's mathematically provable that if you're a child of color or an immigrant child, it's just, the system is not set up for you. It was not designed for you. And you have a harder time achieving. And so that's one factor. Also, uh, income disparity. Also being trapped by this standardized, te- standardized testing model where you spend an inordinate amount of time figuring out how to fill out those bubbles correctly as opposed to actually learning. And people are uh, not encouraged to learn or be curious. They're encouraged to be good test takers. And the system is creating uh, little kids that obey the system. And then hopefully they funnel into a job where they obey their boss. And then they work for 30 years and then they retire and just become good little citizens. They're not teaching people how to think, how to be critical, how to be curious. And so there's a, there's a, a growing movement right now. It's like, since we were forced to change... Let's change. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I was on a dating website, and, tra- and I'm trying some online dating right now. And it asked to describe the most important thing to you and a partner. The most important thing. The, the word that you just said, Ron, curious. I just wrote that word, curious. My son right now is super curious. I love being around that. Ron is one of the most curious people I know. Your brother's here right now. We travel together. Your brother is super curious about a lot of things. And when people are curious, they're very much in the moment. They want to know how things work. One of my real estate partners, Joe, who you know very well, super curious. He's almost 60 years old, but he is always learning. I asked an educator the other day, I said, what happens to kids? When do they lose their curiosity? When does that happen? Because I'm so afraid of my son losing his, and I wonder, will he be a lifelong learner? Will he be a trier? Will he continue to be curious? And this educator said, it has a lot to do with the way that you parent. Because right now, during this pandemic, and this is what they said, and I'll just say it, you have to parent your ass off. You do. And you have to be willing to put on all those different hats. And don't feel sorry and boo-hoo for yourself. Because your kid's curiosity is depending on that. And the human that they will one day become. And a lot of times what happens, and the way the school systems are set up, they're set up to pass or fail. If you want to kill the curiosity in someone, give them a test, tell them that they failed, and then let them take the test again and let them fail again. I have a friend who's taken a real estate test. She has, she has flunked this test now three times in a row. She's done. And she was so excited about being involved in real estate. But when you take the real estate test, it's a test from 1962. It has nothing to do with what you and I do now, the state test. It's a pass or fail test. I think the way that a lot of kids are being educated right now, it's pass or fail. And I think what that does is we kill the curiosity 
and our children. Yeah, and obviously kids need to know how to read. They need to know how to write. They need to know how to do basic math. But um, this could be an opportunity to say, how do we change this? How do now that we know that kids can log on at home and as long as we get every kid a computer and an internet connection that we can do some pretty amazing things uh, let's take some time uh, to look at this and to change it there's a huge article in the Seattle Times that, that you can read about this it's the front page above the fold article and I, I couldn't agree more with I don't know what the solution is I'm not a professional educator but what I do know is I appreciate you saying that I'm a curious person I like to learn school was brilliant brutal for me was it because and i and i got i mean i got not straight a's but because i, I didn't care hmm. and like there are so many classes where and i and this is not to be hubris but there were classes i know i was smarter than that teacher at 16 i was like come on like really like what are we doing here man and so you they have to cater to the lowest common denominator in every class and maybe that was uh, egotistical but like was. i was i was keeping up with them it was like you know you have to the, the fact that we just cater to the lowest common denominator and you just got to take that standardized test it's that is a, the worst system to create uh, outstanding individuals yeah. the worst and so if we could take this moment and go all right everything's out the window now because i don't know about you but i don't see you know, thousands of kids filing into to class here in a month. I don't see teachers showing up. I really don't. I don't see teachers showing up. Uh, I already know of a teacher at my son's school that walked away from being an educator. Uh, she just sold her house. It was across the street from one of my rentals on Queen Anne. Done. Built this family, this amazing family home, and they're done. They're just like, we aren't going back to school. We're not going to be forced to go back to school. What if I go back to school? I have COVID. I bring that home. There's a lot of families that are considering that now. And I've talked before about bringing my mom here. What if I bring my mom here? My son goes to school and then he brings COVID home and he gives it to grandmother who has beat breast cancer a number of times and is 77 years old. What happens then? So that's the concern. That's why I'm preparing to just parent my ass off uh, as we head into the fall. I'm preparing for there to, to be no school. And so maybe we create school bubbles, and we've been talking about doing that. But I think when it comes to our kids' education in a lot of ways, uh, for at least the next semester and maybe even the next year, we're going to have to take matters into our own hands. And I this year, if I'm going to be my son's teacher in education, he, he actually – and this is being a little hubris and egotistical. I think during COVID, he had his best education he's ever had because he was having a hard time learning at school. I was able to kind of figure out and sit with him how he learned. And then we took a different approach. And instead of hating math, he sits down and he likes to show off a little bit. Now he's talking about being a scientist one day or maybe being a coder. And when the school began, he didn't know nine times nine and it was really hard for him. So the teacher said, well, you know what you need to do is more cue cards and more reflex math. And no, what he needed to do is slow down. And he needed for these numbers and these stories behind the numbers to make sense to him. But it takes time to do that. It takes time to do it. And it takes an amazing, amazing man like myself. Nine times nine, <laughs> 64. Hey, before we go, ronadonsitdown.com. Look at the story, Laura Miller's story, and there will be a picture of myself, Ron, of the Ron and Don, and we are on a boat. In fact, we took that picture on Friday night. What were you thinking on that boat? What were you doing? Because you were dancing your her off. I'm over here parenting my hat off, and you were dancing your her off. You know what? I just got some middle age moves up there on the bow. <laughs> she I was told that there's a it's a tradition when you go through the cut, you got to dance to a song. I was like, you know what? I've been cooped up in my house for four months. Let me dance on a boat. 
So I don't, I don't have very good moves, but I did it my best. I thought it was good. Did and you I have no tan whatsoever? Yeah, my God, you, my legs did, are wet. What did you did you know I was going to take that video? I knew you probably would, <laughs> and I knew there's no way you weren't going to post it. So you know what? Just lean into it. You know what? You're, it's a juggernaut. Thousands of people. Have I'll go check it out. Thousands of it's people. Embarrassing. Have if you want to see it, I have it up at Don O'Neill. Will you put it on your Facebook page? No. Why not? It's embarrassing. You should share it on. No, your No, I'm not sharing that. Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by episode 132, you guys. Don't forget if you want to sit down with us. If you're buying, selling, investing, or you just have some real estate questions, we can do it virtually now. Just go to our page. It's ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Click on a box. It notifies us. And then uh, we just need about 45 minutes of your time to get face-to-face virtually. Okay, you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. You stay curious. Keep trying. Keep being a great learner. And you parent your ass off. You also dance like no one's looking. Everybody was looking. Look at my face page, right? Facebook page right now, and you can look. Watch Ron Upshaw dance, all right? We'll see you guys next time. Episode 133 is right around the corner, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Okay, how much do I have to pay you for this? <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> <laughs>